Hello and welcome to episode 31 of the Talk Witchcraft podcast. In this episode, Erica and I will be talking about the importance of gratitude and some gratitude practices that we enjoy. You're listening to Talk Witchcraft. On this podcast, we talk about witchcraft as a lifestyle and discover how to merge magic into your daily life. Every week, we'll demystify witchy topics like tarot, astrology, crystals, herbs, and more as you develop your personal brand of magic and create the life of your dreams. We're your your hosts, hosts, the Mystic Mystic Sisters, Sisters, Erica and Maggie. In this segment of the show, we choose a tarot card for the week and we look for moments that relate to this card in our daily lives. For this episode, we chose the Six of Wands. The theme of this card is accepting praise and celebrating an achievement or a win. Now, success looks different to everyone, but usually comes as a culmination of hard work. Whether it's graduating from high school or college, getting a promotion or award at work, completing a project or presentation, writing a book, healing from a sickness or injury, leaving an abusive relationship or something else, this card is a reminder to celebrate. I think it's super important to take time to celebrate and enjoy the stuff that you're working so hard for, or else what's the point of really doing it if you're just going to move on to the next thing? So this card makes me think about the importance of pointing to something, a thing that you did, and saying, hey, that's a thing I did. I'm pretty proud of that. That's pretty amazing. And then accepting any praise or congratulatory words that come from outside of yourself as well. I think that can be pretty challenging. So do you have a story about the six of wands, Erica? I do. And it actually happened just yesterday. Yay. Um, I've talked uh, before about my job and, you know, that I I just recently switched jobs and uh, I have struggled in the past to have my employer's recognize my talent and give me opportunities. And in this new job, um, they have, um, my new boss has been really, really awesome about recognizing talent, not just in me, but in all of her employees and rewarding them and giving them opportunities that are based on their passion. So she knows that I am looking for a leadership position. She knows that I'm ready to be Um, a mentor to reach this new phase of my career and um, move out of the trenches of doing speech therapy every day and teaching other speech therapists how to be better speech therapists. So just yesterday, she told me that she had been scheming with one of her clinical directors to by my annual annual review, she wants me to take over as the SLPA, which is the R assistants and the CFs, which are um, speech therapists in their first year of work um, and be kind of their coordinator and their scheduler and their go-to person for um, their training and their work. So, That's exactly what I was hoping for when I took this job. And I'm really excited that it's happened, you know, in the first two months of working that she's recognized that I am a good fit for that position and that she wants to start me on that journey. Yeah. So that's like 
exactly what this card is about. You're exactly. not only, um, you know, celebrating something that you've worked hard for, but someone else is offering you praise for the things you've done. So you're like the person on the horse with, and there's like a parade for you. <laughs> Yay, I'm the parade. <laughs> <laughs> you're getting a parade. <laughs> um, so it seems to me that a lot of these cards, when I'm thinking of stories, it's like the times that I've struggled with this. And that's kind of why I said that it's hard to accept praise and congratulations um, because that's really what I was coming up with last summer. Actually, about this time last summer was when I published my book. Mm-hmm. And right. it was really hard to like put myself in that position to be congratulated and to be like getting a parade. Um, it was also in the middle of COVID. So a lot of the things that we maybe would have done to celebrate weren't possible. Mm-hmm. Like we couldn't really go out to a restaurant or go out and get drinks with my friends or my husband. So it was it was kind of a weird time to be doing something that was like a culmination of all of my hard work for about six months. Um, and really, if you think about not just the book, but everything that led up to the book, the culmination of everything I'd done for like three years <laughs> and then getting a right. book published. So, and I mean, I definitely felt like I was celebrated. And I so it, it's kind of like I had just a weird relationship between this accomplishment that I'd done and not really being able to celebrate it in the way that I would have wanted to necessarily because of the circumstances of the world that were happening at the time. So I was kind of thinking that I would do like a anniversary celebration (laughs) for myself and do and not have a parade, obviously, but go out and really um, acknowledge it because it was something to be proud of. I think that's a great idea. Yeah. (laughs) So if anyone else has a story about the six of wands that they want to share with us, we'll play a voicemail recording on the podcast after we receive it. Um, You can send that to we listen at talkwitchcraft.com. And you can send six of wands stories or any of the other cards we've done or another card if you feel up to it. So this episode topic for today is all about gratitude and the many ways that we can, that gratitude can be expressed. And we will share why gratitude is important to witchcraft, how to be grateful, even when it's sort of hard to find things to be grateful for, and some practices that cultivate gratitude. And gratitude is one of the most powerful ways to shift your focus when it comes to magical workings, because you are literally shifting your focus onto the things that you feel like are going well. And that leaves less room for your focus to be on things that you don't like, the not so nice things that might be happening in your life. And the more you focus on those things that you enjoy, the less you can focus on the things that you don't want. And you can attract more of the things that you do appreciate. And in some ways, it's not necessarily that you're attracting more of those things it's just that you're more aware of them your awareness really indicates what you are experiencing in your life yeah I think when we're ungrateful or when we are having a hard time finding things to be grateful for it's because of our scope of awareness is super small and so we only see the world from our own perspective and we can't hold this bigger picture in our brain to be grateful 
So gratitude is often dependent on your perspective. Yeah, it definitely is. And I, I, I think that too, that with the humans, we think we know everything, but there's so much that we don't. There's so much that we can't understand based on the way that we are. <laughs> so it's hard to see that bigger picture. And gratitude is one way that we can try to see that bigger picture. And I think it's important to say that it's not about pretending everything's perfect or, um, you know, toxic positivity, not always being positive. It's not about that necessarily. It's more about finding things that are in your life and being grateful for them. For me, gratitude was a hard thing to start being aware of because of that toxic positivity piece to it. I saw a bunch of like, um, you know, hashtag blessed and all of these things. And it felt very, almost like I was celebrating my privilege and it felt gross to me. And then we went to a um, conference about Harry Potter, actually, Um, Maggie and our mom and I went and we started talking about giving each other blessings and it totally shifted our whole, my whole framework. And I think the same for you, Maggie, about what blessing meant and what gratitude meant. For sure. That conference um, changed, like now in my email signature, I sign off as instead of like, thanks or sincerely, I always say blessings. And that was came out of that uh, conference of passing it on. I think uh, back to the feelings of ungratefulness uh, that we were talking about before, you, you can feel, it's a lot easier to feel grateful for something if you were missing it before. So it's, it's easy to be grateful for good health. If you've had long periods of unhealthiness or illness, you can feel grateful for loved ones. If you've had traumatic experiences with people that you thought loved you. Um, So it's hard to reconcile that you can feel a lot more. It's easy, easier to feel grateful for a job if you've gone through long periods of not having a job, unemployment, or or even being homeless or or broke. Um, At some point in your life, you can feel grateful for those things when you have them. It's a lot easier to feel grateful when you have water or food, if you've ever been without those things. But even then, those feelings of gratitude towards those things that maybe you were missing at some point can fade when you become accustomed to that set of circumstances. And so those previous experiences of of lack or um, going without something, those become less uh, available to you. They don't, they're not part of your current reality. They're part of your past. And so it's harder to recognize those feelings of lack when you're accustomed to the Um, current feelings of having things. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, it's, it's important to try to recognize these things as blessings, even after they've been normalized. So if you've never been without these seemingly basic blessings, learn to recognize them for what they are. And, um, you know, just, you know, my cat has always been with me, you know, so, but I'm grateful for my cat because she gives me comfort and she is funny and uh, all these things. And it's, she's always around and it's, and is always there, but um, you know, it's important to recognize that she is a blessing in my life. 
And because there are always things that can be viewed as blessings, even in the most challenging of times, we often just take them for granted if we aren't in the practice of thinking of them as blessings. Yeah. So some of our like basic needs, they might feel really basic when you're thinking of the things that you're blessed with. Um, And because of that hashtag blessed movement, you see people almost like bragging about their beautiful homes and their new cars and things like that. And that I think the reason why it feels icky is because it seems braggadocious or, or, you know, um, I guess that's the word. It just feels like they're bragging. And if you feel a lack in those areas, if you feel like your house isn't the way you want it to be, or you wish you had a better car, then it's hard to remember that there's other things that are going well. You know, there's other things that you can be grateful for, like those basic needs, your health, if you have good health, a loving partner, if that's part of your life, if you have good friends and family to depend on and to offer support, um, maybe your home, just having a home, having a roof over your head, having a job. And especially in 2020, a lot of people lost that source of income and are probably, are, there's a lot of people who are still struggling with that. And so, if, and then like running water and having food in the cupboard, all of these things that are like basic human needs, um, those can be viewed as, be- as blessings. If there's a time when you feel like there's, you don't have those other things that you desire. Yeah. So I think one thing that shifted my perspective about blessings was those small moments in your day that they might not seem to have any sort of significance. Erica mentioned having snuggles from the cat, having snuggles from pork chop, or maybe you made a stranger smile or they smiled at you and that was a really good moment. Or um, you didn't encounter any traffic when you were driving to work or you had a really good cup of tea. I feel like that's often on my list of blessings is like my tea this morning was delicious. <laughs> so all of those like little moments, those can be seen as blessings too. Or right now I'm looking out the window and there's little birds twittering around. That's really sweet. They're so cute. <laughs> so um, one thing that I found to help me shift my perspective about gratitude and seeing these things as blessings was to just make it into a ritual of listing three things that I'm grateful for each morning or evening or both, you know, maybe some you do it at both times of the day and you just write them down if you want to, or you can just say them out loud or in your head. Um, Just an acknowledgement of three things that happened in your day that was really special. Yeah. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by Cinnamon. So I'll start by telling about the medicinal properties and then Maggie, you can share the magical properties. Cinnamon, it's a hard word to say. All right, Cinnamon's Latin name is Cinnamonum Verum and it is part of the Lauraceae family or the Laurel family. It's parts that we use primarily are the bark and twig, and it's got a lot of really great things that it can do. It is an antibacterial, it's an antifungal, it's an antiviral and um, antioxidant, so lots of good healthy benefits in it. Uh, it's a wonderful aromatic. It's an astringent, which means that it's a, it can be used as a toner. Um, and 
it's really good for the digestive system. So it, um, you can use it before a meal to uh, stimulate an appetite, or it can be used after a meal to cleanse the palate. It's great to use for anything edible, um, baking, you know, muffins, cookies, pies. Um, but what's also great about it is that it can also be put in into anything savory. So any kind of squash dishes, curry dishes. Uh, it, so it's a sweet or savory and is really wonderful, a really wonderful spice. Cinnamon tea is one of my favorite teas. It has such a strong flavor and just that aromatic quality is wonderful. Cinnamon is one of my favorite scents. Um, and favorite tastes. If you want to use cinnamon, uh, like I said, it's good, really good for digestive. So if you are suffering from some appetite loss or any kind of like gastrointestinal discomfort, diarrhea, flatulence, indigestion, anything like that, cinnamon will go a long way. It's really good for your a cough um, and opening up the respiratory tract and getting rid of some of that uh, congestion that you might feel with a cold. That's what cinnamon does. Very cool. Yeah. So when it comes to the magical uses of cinnamon, it can be used in spells to correspond with active energy, fire element, the sun, and then Aries, Capricorn, and Leo zodiac signs. In general, it can be used for a huge variety of magical uses. It's found in, it seems like I always see it in spells. Anytime I look up a spell online, it's in pretty much everything. And that's partly because it can amplify the power of other things um, because of its strong flavor. It just adds strength to a spell and the strong scent as well. More specifically, you can add cinnamon to protection spells. It, it makes me think of really warm fireside, uh, like fall, being cozy at home. And those are images of being protected. And so that's why it can be used in protective spells in general. Um, so one way to use them as like a ward is to hang a bundle of cinnamon sticks over your door. And that is a form of protection for your home. Can you hear those cats? They're fighting. <laughs> oh, yep. I heard him. Oh, gosh. You guys. You guys. We're recording. <laughs> I feel like we should leave that in. <laughs> Another use for cinnamon is in love and lust spells. Again, it's a very fiery, strong scent, so it can strengthen those feelings of love and attraction with someone else. Or for yourself, it can be self-love as well. So burning a cinnamon stick is one way to do that, especially in the bedroom uh, to heat things up. Or tuck a cinnamon stick underneath your pillow can give your sex life a healthy boost. Another use is to use cinnamon essential oil in a body um, blend that you might roll on your body or something like that in a carrier oil for safety because cinnamon can actually severely burn your skin if you put it on by itself. So be very safe with that. You can use cinnamon for prosperity. It was in 
throughout its history, it was kind of like an exotic herb that came from faraway lands for Europeans. And when it, it, that gave it this sense of like being sort of like a rare herb that you don't encounter very much. And that gave it this um, reputation of being good for bringing about prosperity. If someone could afford cinnamon, they were a wealthy person. And so you can use it to draw money into your spell, use it in spells for drawing money to your bank account or to your pocket. And especially when it's kind of a dire situation, like when a bill is coming up and you maybe don't have enough money to cover that bill, it can be used as a quickening um, a quickening agent in a spell to make that work more quickly. And then in addition to that, if you use cinnamon incense at work or in your home, that can improve the quality of your financial situation through that same association with prosperity and abundance. So overall, cinnamon is a pretty versatile ingredient. It's edible, so you can use it in a lot of those kitchen witch things that you might use it in. It is found in oil form. You can use it as the bark uh, herb form where you um, have like the loose bark, or you can also find it as the powdered form in a grocery store. So it's also really easy to find it. Though, something to note, a lot of times the cinnamon that you find at a grocery store is technically cassia. They can be used for similar medicinal and magical purposes. So you can use the cassia as a substitute if you can't find true cinnamon. Um, but that's just something to know that you might be using like a slightly different herb. So that's all. That's cinnamon's medicinal and magical uses. So we already talked about one way of expressing gratitude, transitioning back into our topic for this episode, and that was to make a ritual of listing three things that you are grateful for, either at the beginning of the day or in a reflection of the day. And so we'll talk about some other ways to talk to express gratitude. And one way to express gratitude, another way is to pay it forward. Um, whenever you receive a blessing, and we've been talking about this idea of blessings, I think one way to express gratitude for that blessing is to actually pass it on to somebody else. And I don't mean to do that directly. Like if you, if you're grateful for your dream home that you live in, obviously you don't need to give your home away. Um, but think about what living in that house enables you to do and how you can share that privilege basically with your community. So do you have a yard where you can grow food? Can you set up a stand of produce and share that with your neighbors? Or could you donate some of that to a food bank? For example, um, when I was, when I didn't have enough money to cover those bills, as Maggie mentioned earlier, um, you know, I, I always wished that there was somebody who would just, you know, reach out their fairy godmother wand and, um, you know, help me with it. And so now I'm in a place where I'm more comfortable and uh, making a suitable income. And a friend of mine was needing to go to urgent care because of COVID. She lost her job. So subsequently lost her health insurance and the urgent care bill was going to be upwards of $200, which was something that she didn't have. And so I gave her um, I PayPal'd her a hundred dollars and said to, you know, pay this forward when you, you know, I've been in this position 
and I know what it feels like. And so when you are out of this position, just pay it forward to somebody else. And um, it wasn't a big deal. Um, She was really grateful for it. And uh, it just, it was a little thing that I could do that would, um, that was something that I needed once. And then, and now was my turn to pay it forward. Yeah. And that creates a ripple effect. You know, it's not just that one act of kindness. It's going to grow exponentially as each person who's touched by the first act of kindness continues to pass that on to the other people that they encounter. Uh, There's always, there's the um, experiment of like one person holds open the door and then following the next person, they give a dollar to a homeless person. And then that person helps someone else across the street. And you, you know, it, it, it keeps going. It keeps growing and growing and getting bigger, like a drop in water and the ripples that come out of it and all of that. So, um, yeah. So just paying it forward in some way, whatever your thing that you're grateful for enables you to do, pass that on to someone else in either a similar way or um, in some other way. (laughs) If you think about this, paying it forward in terms of expressing gratitude to someone who has done something for you, uh, the way that you would feel towards another person who has maybe saved your life or taught you something really important that changed the way you see the world or um, bailed you out of financial troubles like Erica was talking about or uh, gives you some sort of extravagant gift, like maybe somebody helps you purchase a home or Um, something like that. So how that would feel, how that feels when it's a person, uh, there's some questions that come to mind about how long do you continue to thank that person? Because these are big moments in your life. Um, How long do you, are you like indebted to (laughs) being grateful to them? How do you repay them? Can you repay them? Especially if it's a really big gift um, or it feels really monumental to you. And then at one point, does this become a burden to that person? Does it feel like you're indebted to them? Does it feel like they are embarrassed because you're continually thanking them for this one thing that they did for you one time? And so it becomes sort of like a never-ending cycle of gratitude and exhaustion. Yeah, so I actually just saw a TikTok kind of related to this where a psychologist was saying that parents holding... Um, things over their children, like think of all the things that I did for you is, is very toxic in a way, because it's like, as a parent, your job is to raise the child. So holding those, like, I put a roof over your head arguments on somebody is, um, is not, not going to help that person feel grateful towards you because you did the bare minimum of your job as being a parent. (laughs) Right. So yeah, exactly. And, um, and so as a parent in that example, you're the right path for your child isn't to pay you back. They don't, you know, have to pay you the debt they owe you from diapers and food that you've provided for them. That's not right. What you would want for what a parent should want. And obviously we're, neither of us is a parent. So (laughs) maybe we don't have a place to judge, but um, in this example, what the, what the parent should expect of their child is to go out and take those things that the parent gave them and do something good in the world Mm -hmm. to pay it forward. 
So sometimes, you know, if you're indebted to someone, if they've given you a gift and you feel that way and it becomes that cycle of exhaustion and uh, gratitude, um, the right path might not necessarily to pay that person back directly, but to actually give it on to the next person and Mm -hmm. to pay it forward to someone else. Yeah. And another way to express that gratitude is just to say a simple thank you to the source, Uh, you know, so who it could be a person or it could be an inanimate object, object, you know, you could be out hiking in nature and a little squirrel runs across your path and you're like, Hey, that was a really cool moment. Thanks squirrel for giving me some humor in my life. Or, you know, you hear, you hear the blowing of the wind through the trees and it gives you peace and you say, Hey, thank you wind for giving me peace. It doesn't, um, it doesn't have to be a person and it doesn't have to be a specific, you know, event with a capital E, you know, it could just be minor moments throughout your day. Yeah. Like we were talking about before, there's small things that you can recognize as uh, something that brought you a little bit of joy, like a little squirrel makes you smile. That's something to acknowledge. Um, And that kind of ties us with our tarot card of this episode of the six of wands of just acknowledging things that make you happy. Mm-hmm. all of that so um and also it, de- it depending on what you believe in um this the source of that blessing could be from anyone it could be a like erica said a person it could be that little squirrel or the wind or you can say thank you to if you believe in like a god or a goddess and you believe that they sent that squirrel to you or um god with a capital g or the universe or spirit or whatever you believe in, saying thank you to that um, spirit realm entity, the spiritual sky boss, or whatever <laughs> that you believe in. So another way to express gratitude is at the full moon, we do um, we think about that, and we've talked about it on the podcast before, as this transition point between the waxing moon and the waning moon. And so it's a time to acknowledge the things that you really enjoy about what's happening in your life, particularly in reference to that lunar cycle and the intentions you set at the new moon and transitioning into sort of preparing to release things. So I I like that about the full moon because of the balance between being really celebratory and also preparing yourself for kind of like the decline of the moon. Yeah, I, I always see... I always look for the bell curve and everything, you know, we've talked about it with the seasons we've talked and, you know, just, just how everything is a rise and a fall. And that, you know, you're with the start of the new moon, you're ramping up to the, the height of the energy of the full moon. And it's really important to look back on that journey from new moon to full moon and reflect on what, came from your intention and what you um, were able to achieve and then to express gratitude for it. So really what we're getting at is that gratitude is, is a really important aspect of magic. And it's, it's very, in order for your spell work and your, um, 
manifestations and all of that to continue working and to continue giving you the blessings that you have in your life, you have to show that you're grateful for it. And so as you practice, you will find it easier to see the things to be grateful for, and you will see more things to be grateful for, and you will find that more comes into your life as well. Yeah. Um, like if you want to get scientific about it, I mean, this might be a little bit of pseudoscience, but there's a part of your brain called the reticular activating system, and its sole job is to recognize things that you've told it are important basically so it's how you see like patterns in the world and it's it recognizes those things so if you're telling your brain that you enjoy a certain thing that's happening you're telling it that you're grateful for this you're acknowledging it your brain's going to continue to look for those things it's going to look for the pattern of seeing more of those things that you have told it are important to you um, and it works in reverse as well if you're always looking for the things to be mad about, if you're always looking for the things that make you upset, your brain's going to continue to look for that. In general, gratitude is important. Gratitude makes life more fun. <laughs> Being uh, Looking for more things to be happy about is a more joyful way to live. We're, we've been over the past few episodes talking about the quarter phases of the moon, the new moon, the first quarter, the full moon, and the last quarter. And then I was looking ahead and I noticed that the cross quarter phases of the moon sort of line up more nicely with where our podcasts come out. So we're going to talk about those and we're going to learn about some of the other, the in-between phases of the moon cycle. Um, for the next couple of weeks, we'll do each of the four of those. And so this one, we are, we're coming up to a waning crescent phase. And I always see this time as a chance to rest and recharge before you begin the next cycle, because the waning crescent is right before the new moon. And as we've talked about, that's when we set our intentions for the next cycle. So at this point in the lunar cycle, I like to reflect on the previous four-ish weeks of the lunar cycle and have up until like the previous new moon, basically. And what I liked about it, what I didn't like about those four weeks, what I plan to leave behind in the previous cycle, and what I plan to carry into the next cycle. So Erica, what did you like and dislike about the last four weeks? So let's see, the last four weeks was what, July? I was able to kind of transition and get a routine in place for my new job. Um, I was able to find a employer who values me. I spent a lot of time with friends and family. We did a fun shrimp boil, which was a fun experience. And, you know, it's where they put the sausage and the shrimp and the corn and all that stuff on, just lay it out on the table and you kind of pick at it throughout the day. I've been to a couple of them before, but it's always fun to get to do it again. I got sick in this last month um, and that's because I got the new job crud and that's all that it was, but it wasn't fun to have. All right. Well, for over the last four weeks, that was like right at the time when I shut down Mumbles Academy for a brief hiatus, becoming a longer hiatus than I expected. But um, I have disliked not 
being able to have our meetings. I have missed them with uh, the members. And so I'm kind of hurrying to get things back more than I was before because I want to <laughs> hang out with them again. Um, so that's kind of been a dislike as I brought that on myself in a way, but it was also sort of a requirement of the website not working. Um, but I have really enjoyed learning a lot more about coding. It, you know, a web designer would probably not call this coding what I'm doing, but <laughs> it, I feel like I've learned a lot and I've, I've really enjoyed um, brainstorming with Erica what is important in the website and in that community, figuring out how we can really make it more like what we want it to be. <laughs> and um, so that's been a really fun is a lot of creativity and reflection and basing things on or a, a lot of reflection really of figuring out what I really believe in. Um, I think over the years I've included a lot of things that my beliefs have changed and it and I haven't had the chance to call and take away things that didn't really reflect my beliefs anymore and what I felt like I wanted to share with people. So that's been really good as um, reflecting on what I believe in. Um, okay, so what are you leaving behind then, Erica, and what are you taking with you into the next cycle? I'm going to try to leave behind some anger and disappointment in old bosses and carrying with me just knowing that I don't, I'm in a place in my life right now where I don't need as much external validation, which is really hard for my rejection rejection sensitivity dysphoria. Um, but just knowing that I am a good person, I'm a good therapist, I'm a good, I'm good at a lot of things and I don't need people to tell me that I'm good at them. Yeah, that's a really hard one to recognize, but that'll be a good journey to go down or good path. Um, so I'm leaving behind well, like I was saying before, those some beliefs that I was sort of like, not necessarily forcing, but they were still around <laughs> in things that I've said in the th in like the three years since I started making videos. And so I'm going to leave those behind because now I have that opportunity to do so. And the things that I'm going to carry with me are, um, well, sort of similar to what you're saying, Erica, is like a not well it's different it's so what I'm carrying with me is like I feel like I've gotten to a point where perfectionism is not as important to me where things don't have to be um perfect in order to release it but it needs to be good <laughs> that's been something I feel like I've struggled with for a long time and for some reason this has made it so that I, I it sticks I guess I, I hope it continues but I'll carry that with me at least to the next cycle and hopefully I can continue carrying it after that so if you're listening at this point in the podcast think about what you are what you liked and disliked about the last four weeks and what you're leaving behind in the previous lunar cycle what you plan to carry with you into the next lunar cycle so now we want to hear from you. If you go to witchwanderer.com, you'll find the latest game. And this week we are asking the question, what was the first spell or ritual that you ever utilized? So 
the first spell that I ever did, I don't even think about it as a spell at the time, but now I look back and I'm like, that was a spell. But I had read this book. I think it was called Date Like a Man, which is like so stupid. <laughs> but um, it, it was during that time when like, he's just not that into you was a, was mm-hmm. a popular title. And it came out in as like a copycat book sort of. But it was sort of a good it helped me a lot, regardless of how it was sexist. <laughs> but uh, in it, it said to make a list of all of the things that you want in a love partner and all of the things that you need in a love partner. And so I made this list and then I the book didn't tell me to do this, but I took it a step further and I like made it really a special moment as I was making the list. I used my favorite pen. I wrote on a, a special journal. And um, about six months later, I was moving to Portland. And then about a month later, I met my now husband. And when I was going through some boxes, when I moved into his house, I found this little journal and everything that was on the needs list he had and everything that was on the wants list he also had. So I had basically manifested meeting him and moving to Portland basically to meet him. And um, and I just think that's really a special thing. I'm not, I can't really remember what the first spell was that I did. I know I've talked about my protection spell for my toxic boss before on this podcast. But I think really the first ritual that I truly remember was my, our mom and her girlfriends did a first period ritual for me. And I, you know, in the past, I have been a little, not ashamed, but it, it makes me feel funny to talk about. But I'm in recent years, I guess because it's such a personal thing um, and just the stigma around periods in general in our world. But in the past, in like the last couple of years, I've talked about it more and more because I want to get rid of that stigma. And it, it really, it really was a special and meaningful thing for these four women who I consider my other mothers um, to come together with me and celebrate such an important passage for me into womanhood. So I don't remember a whole lot about it, but I, I do remember that it happened and that it was special. Yeah, I think um, that was like the peak of mom's like goddess worship days. And I think it's, it, it is really special for you to have gotten that. It's funny to me because you were the oldest of the kids in that group. And so none of the other girls <laughs> did, <laughs> but that's okay. We had other things. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that was, that's a special spell or ritual. And I mean, if we want to go back even further and think about what our mom used to do with the, um, salt, she called it her magic dust, but it was salt and like glitter or something (laughs) and she kept it in a little box and she'd do that little dance with our scarves and say that we were protected while we were sleeping so we were always no monsters could get us yeah 
<laughs> next week we will be looking at the the next tarot card, the Seven of Wands, and this card is about defiance, purpose, gaining, and advantage. One way to think about this is about you know refusing to budge based on it's, it's the principle of the thing. You know, um, sticking to your guns is another way to think about that, or going for broke. And it's also about defending yourself against an onset of criticism. Um, I think it's interesting this card comes after the Six of Wands because often when you get to that place of being celebrated and having that parade for yourself, there's always going to be in the next frame people who are criticizing you and saying you don't deserve to be celebrated. Um, so there's always that's kind of like the story progression. And then it's also about like setting boundaries and having that confidence to say no when it's appropriate and being really resolute in that. So we'll be looking for times in our lives or in the next week, Erica and I will be, uh, when we've maybe had strength against adversity or we've been struggling with some sort of op opposition against something that we've been working towards or any of these other things. We've stuck to our guns or whatever. So if you have a story about that that relates to the Seven of Wands, please share it with us on by sending a voice message to listen at talkwitchcraft.com and we will play your message on our podcast. You can find out more about this episode by going to mumblesandthings.com slash blog slash 031. And join us next week when we talk about dating. Make sure that you are subscribed so that you are notified about each new episode. And to help other witches find this show, please leave us a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also find us on Instagram at Mumbles and Things and join us in the Mumbles Academy to chat about this episode with other witchy folk. There's a bluebird outside. <laughs> it's just going hop, hop, hop. There's a puppy snoozing next to me. Aw, hi, Charlie. <laughs> okay, we'll see you in the next episode. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.